Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, what's up, well, sir? Not so much, Dwayne. How are you? I was telling you just a second ago before we signed on how tired I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, is it you got allergies? No, you know what? It's interesting. I mean, um, you know, you just said it to me. I said, "How you doing?" And you know, I didn't say it like Joey Tribbiani from Friends, like, "How you doing?" But I said, right, right. How, how you do, how you doing um, with work? And you're like, busy, busy, right? You know, and, and isn't that interesting? It's like, you know, I've been doing this. This is my thing. I think this is my 27th year of doing my school. And this will be my, this, I think, and, and I probably should make a big deal out of it. It's my 50th year in the martial arts. So, yeah, you uh, should. 50, yeah, I got to figure out a way to, you know, to make it uh, interesting and do something fun, you know, like so that we, uh, everyone benefits from it and my students understand it and people don't just see it as bragging and, and so on. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, so, so I, I don't know if I ever, and I don't know about you, I'll ask you this question. I don't know if I ever had this vision of like, you know, me being, doing martial arts for 27 years. Like, I, I don't know when I started it, if I was like, okay, in my 50s, I'll still be teaching, you know, still trying to sign people up, you know, still running a school. And, um, you know, you just, I had foresight. I, I, in fact, I have, I have a thing on my desk. It's been here for years. I'll read it to everyone out there. And I, I wrote up a quote. It says, um, and this is probably 20 years old. It says, I will run one of the most successful martial art organizations in history. I will leave a legacy behind for others to follow. I will be successful, rich, and famous for whatever that meant, you know, and um, I will enjoy life to the fullest with my family and friends. I will live a stress-free life no matter what life has to offer, and I will make a difference. This is my meme on my desk that reminds me, and I look at that on a daily basis, what keeps me going, you know, but I don't know if I ever thought it would be 27 years of doing it or, you know, it's, it's this kind of roller coaster so to speak from our call of what we do and who we're in and you know the motivation's up it's down it's this and that what do you what do you think well yeah that, that's the entrepreneurial roller coaster and i uh, okay so only 10 percent of the population in the in the whole world are are um entrepreneurs okay uh the other 90 percent are uh you know clock and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, clock punchers, or, or let's just put it this way, individuals that, that believe that they have job security because they have a quote-unquote real job when there is right. no job security, right? Okay, right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So uh, that in and of itself is kind of scary, right? Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and, and then the other thing with, with the whole entrepreneurial roller coaster, I think the first thing that we have to deal with is um, – the people that, that love us or that care about us, um, I think oftentimes think we're nuts or that we're right. crazy or that we're not – they love us, but that we're not going to be able to do it. And I can give you right. an example. There, there was an individual who um, is a friend of mine, and when I said that I wanted to do this full-time way back in uh, 1997, I think, is or 98 is when I said it. Yeah. Maybe 98, 99. Anyways, um, and then, and I don't want to give you a quick backstory, but let me just say that at the, at the time, my transition was I was uh, uh, um, uh, an assistant meat manager for uh, the local uh, Kmart. It was a super Kmart here in town. Right. And that's a, that's a story in and of itself. But anyways, they, they're, uh, you know, um, 
he told me I was up at the front desk handling some sort of uh, customer issue or whatever, and then I was leaving, and I saw him, right? I was going to go back to the, the meet room, and I saw him, and I said, hey, and, and he's talking to me, and, and I told him what my, my idea was. TriStar had already been open. Um, I don't know if it was like a year into it or whatever, but uh, I said, this is what I want to do. I want to do this full time, and he told me, he said, you know, there, there's no way that you're going to be able to do it full time, and that was like my first uh, roadblock, if you will. I mean, I had this idea, this dream, right, that I could actually do this job and do it full time and make a living and then eventually have a family and support a family. But that yeah. was the, the, the first person that I actually respected their opinion that said something negative to me. Um, right. Did you have, ever have anybody in your life like that? Oh, I've had many. I mean, so many people, you know, I've always had, and you know, it's interesting. I just saw a post on Facebook the other day and I had the same feeling while watching Shark Tank the other day. And um, this young kid, it came up with an invention, long story short, he presented it to the sharks. No one really bid on it, but they loved it. But the reason why is because the kid was young. He was 17. And, and he said, I'm going to, the kid said, I'm going to dive in full force and, you know, do this business. And Mark Cuban said to him, don't do it. I'll go to college. You, you need to have college. And I'm saying to myself, like, what the heck? You know, this is guy, why do you need college? Your kid's already done like 200 grand in sales. His business could build up to a multi-million dollar. You could always go back to college or you could, when you're loaded, you could hire college professors to come to your building and teach you what you want to learn. Like, why would you send them back to this box to learn, you know, what needs to be done so that you can't use it in the future? I mean, it's just to me, some of it was just, so, yeah, and I've had many people I've asked, like, and you know, went up to them and hoped that I would get the Mr. Miyagi, uh, you know, I'm holding my quote fingers up answer. And, yeah, I was totally disappointed. So, so yeah, I think I think our first obstacle in the entrepreneurial roller coaster is the fact that sometimes, and even our close family or friends, uh, don't believe in our uh, passion. Um, right. It's too... It, and, and for a couple of reasons. One, it's too scary because they really are concerned about your future. The other one is it's too scary for them because they're concerned that you might end up doing what you love to do and they're stuck into their nine-to-five type uh, job. And I use that term loosely. But So I think that's the first problem as an entrepreneur is, you know, when you run into um, are those family and friends. Um, the, I would say maybe the second thing, you know, moving into it is kind of what we've talked about before is knowing what you don't know or not right. knowing what you don't know. And right, right. Um, the, there, you know, there are so many things and so many costly mistakes that I've made over a period of almost 20 years now that I have more than paid for um, a college education to probably Harvard. Um, right with with the amount of money that I've spent on learning now, and buying you, things and and, I, and even making mistakes, I'd have to disagree with you. You probably could have paid for a college in Harvard, Yale, and you know because look what we've done. Uh, you know and and listen, it's sad when we make we make we have to make mistakes while we're going right. And, you know, sometimes people get caught in the crossfire. Like back in the early days, I've lost some good employees that I probably would have still had or had longer if I knew how to, you know, put things in place and, and you know, such students and so on. But uh, we're only human and we learn, right? But, I mean, we've spent money on marketing, advertising, employees, you know, things that I've done. I could have paid for education to my daughter's college four times over, right? So, um, you know, that, that is the problem, but that is the lesson, right? Isn't it? You know, I mean, that's really, 
that's par for the course. I, I, I just, I just posted on, on the Facebook page, um, you know, about half of all new establishments, businesses survive five years or more. Half. So if a hundred open, let's do the statistics, 50 will survive, um, or it says, uh, uh half fi- will f- survive five years or more. About one third survive 10 years. So let's just do the numbers, right? So fifth out of 150 will survive for five. And a third of those will survive so 33. out of 50. So 33 will survive to 10, right? Or is it a oh, third out of 50? Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's 50, a third 50. It's a different. Yeah, so that's, what is that? So 50, uh, 50 survived to 5 out of 100. And a third of those, 15. which is like, yeah, 15 on a high end, will survive to 10 years. And then it says, as one would expect, the probability of survival increases with the firm's age. Survival rates have changed a little over time. This is from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. So they were saying that a business to hit the, the, the millennial, right, which is 25 years, I think it is, a quarter, um, that, that is a third of what that other percent is. So out of, the, out of 100, 50 survive five years, 15 will survive 10, and only three will survive 25 years. So, and, and that's amazing. So, like, I, I feel accomplished that I've made it to 27 years. However, you know, the, you know, the real question is, you know, when's the crap out date? When do, when do I want to retire? When do I want to hand it over? When do I want to sell it? Uh, you know, I, I really just want to give it to one of my students and have him run it um, or, you know, do some partnership with him so that I can sit back and, and you know, enjoy the fruits of all these years. But, but right. that's a good, interesting question. Yeah, maybe, maybe we need to define um, entrepreneur because we call this the, uh, you know, this we're entitling this call the entrepreneurial roller coaster. And so let, let me just say this. Not all martial arts school owners are entrepreneurs. Okay. And I, I yeah. believe that, you know, the a working definition of an entrepreneur is someone that not only owns the business, but then is not necessarily attached into the business every single day. Uh, they've set up systems and, and other things in place that, that the, the, the business can run and survive um, even at bare minimum without them. Um, that's, to me, at least a bare minimum entrepreneur. Um, right. Otherwise, you know, you're kind of like what Michael Gerber had talked about in the E-Myth is you just created a job for yourself. You're not really an yeah. entrepreneur. You're a, biz- you're a business owner. You own a business, mm-hmm. and I'm not negating that at all, and that's fine. But uh, to take it to the next level, to use our, our term here, right, take it to yeah. the next level – yeah. Um, that's the, you, you, you move from being a business, just a business owner and a worker in it to then moving into an entrepreneur and owning the business and uh, managing yeah. it, or even have something, instead of having other people inside that business manage it. And then you, you know, obviously oversee everything to a certain degree. Yeah. So I want to make sure that we have that as a working definition when we're talking yeah. about the entrepreneurial roller coaster here. Well, when, you know, we've talked about this, uh, you know, the Rob Kiyosaki, uh, cash flow quadrants, you know, uh, employee, self-employed, business owner, investor, and you're trying to work those four quadrants till eventually you're just only jumping in out of, um, you know, business owner or entrepreneur and investor category where all the other day-to-days are being run. However, I, I spoke to you privately about this one coach that really ticks me off in the business. And, um, and he, was, he was talking negatively about martial arts school owners and saying how that there, you know, there's so many stupid martial arts school owners out there. And, and I, of course, I don't like that kind of talk, right? Because 
just because you may reach a certain level of success doesn't mean that everybody wants what you do, right? So, like, there are martial artists out there that just love teaching. They love making bit money. They love bit having businesses and, and working them every single day. Um, well, and, and they, have their, no, they have no problem uh, being the uh, owner and employee, and that's what they love right. to do, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Is that right. kind of what you were saying when I interrupted you? No, yeah, definitely. I, I was saying that you, the levels, right? So, so for example, um, that's their thing. Like they, they, this guy might want to be. He might have worked for the carpenter, and now he was an employee. But now he starts his own business, and he's self-employed, meaning that he just holds his own company and he goes out and does the job all the time. Um, and uh, ha he's happy with that. Like it's his own. He makes his own hours. He, he makes his own business. Um, however, he may not want to make the jump to being an owner and then having a bunch of employees under him, right? Um, you know, so there is some choice there. And there's some people who are made to be employees. Some people are made to be self-employed. And then you have to, as you must admit, it changes the entire dynamics when you have employees. Like when you go from a one-man show to a two-man show, it's okay. But when you go from you being here and having all these people under you, being an owner that way, you know, managing businesses are, um, you know, and managing employees and all of that stuff, it's really a whole nother dynamic. It's a whole nother way of life. It's great, but it's also super stressful. I mean, so there are different, different things that come along with the different job responsibilities. And again, going back to, um, you know, the, the entrepreneurial roller coaster that we're talking about. And by the way, let's let everyone know how we came up with that. You and I were just chatting and you're like, oh, this is an entrepreneurial roller coaster we're on. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> and I wrote it down. Where is it? I put it down somewhere. Oh, and I, I said, put it on a piece of paper, and I wrote it down. I go, that's our next topic because it's so true. It's so important for people to understand that, um, you know, being self-employed, having a company, you know, following cycles in the economy, sometimes it's busy, sometimes slow, sometimes you have employees, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is a major thing, right? So, so very important to talk about these topics. So, I mean, it really all depends on where people want to be, right? Do you agree? No, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, but there's an emotional side to this as well, right? Right. Um, so what I mean by that is, uh, and, and what I'm, I'm kind of pausing here because I'm looking this up. I, after we decided what we were going to do this, t this call on with regards to the entrepreneurial roller coaster, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put that, uh, uh, that term, search term into, um, um, Amazon and see if there's any, you know, books right, or something right, like that. Right. So I did find a book. I did find a book called The Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster. Uh, now, and it's uh, why now is the time to join the ride. And it's right. by uh, Darren Darren Hardy. I I just downloaded the uh, the audio version yesterday because uh, I want to go ahead and listen to it since we were, you know, going to be talking about this and see if I yeah. can, you know, pick up pick up some more information. But Books like this and other things, just real quickly, and then we'll get into the whole roller coaster piece even more, is, uh, is, is are, they're good to read because, or listen to, whichever you want to do, because it's, it's, it's important for us, number one, to understand that we're not the only person out there that are, that's feeling this way. It's good right. to have, um, you know, like you go to breakfast, right? You go to breakfast yeah. with a group of people once just, a week or just every got, other week. Just got back to, I have two, two different groups that I go with every week, and I just got back before I did the call with you. Right. And so that's important. I just got back actually with, with my group of two guys 
that I meet with biweekly, and then we 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 get together for a couple hours, and right. and um, it's it's nice because um, well, number one for me, and I told you about them before, they're both at a higher level than I am, which is beautiful. I'm the baby right. uh, in in the group, um, not necessarily by age, but by definitely by income level, and uh, like one of them owns four different types of businesses. I don't even know how he manages all those things, right? Yeah. We talked about that before. And the other one just has two businesses that he manages. But uh, they're, the, the one that only has two businesses, he's like they're multi-million dollar um, businesses, easy, right? right? Um, some of his products are all, all around the world. I'm talking like I remember we were talking about him working and trying to get in, getting into China with his, uh, with his product line and stuff and what the things that he had to go through in order to get, even do that. So I, I bring all that up because uh, it's nice to have those individuals that you can bounce back and kind of double, triple check yourself, if you will, and go, man, am I really thinking right here? It's good to have that mastermind group or group, yeah. right, uh, uh, to be able to do that. We do that with one another. And it's and, because there is this emotional roller coaster that we go through. Um, and I think part of it is true because being an entrepreneur is a roller coaster. The other part for us is I believe we as martial arts school owners, unique to almost any other business besides maybe um, gymnastics schools, dance schools, those type of things that are similar uh, to a model as ours, is the fact that um, we train our future employees and we mentor them as, as maybe kids or adults or whatever. And we start to build a friendship with them. And then right. the tough part, the tough part is we're not their friend. And well, I don't know. Maybe we're not building a friendship. We're building a relationship more, more so like a mentorship, father, son relationship. However, in their minds, they're building a friendship. And now there is a real big determination and, and segregation between those two words, right? So um, we have to understand. So, and by the way, some schools will build a friendship. And, uh, and, you know, that's dangerous because when people are your friends, they treat you much differently um, than they yeah. do when they were, you know, like if you have reverence and you look up to somebody, right? So um, that's a big deal. But I just wanted to, you know, clear that up. But, you know, what, what, were, your, what were your rest of your thoughts on that? Well, so I, I bring that up because it's important. I hired a friend one time as a head instructor, and I, I won't say that that was the worst thing that I've ever done, but I will say that that was really, really tough, and it did put a strain on our relationship until he was done there. Um, right. You know, because he thought that, well, I got, you know, I've got Dwayne as a friend. We were friends before all this. Right. Thing. And, right. you know, look, this is how I make my living. I feed my family, yada, yada, yada. So we, I, <laughs> we, we, can't, we can't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I find interesting, Dwayne, um, is that uh, I have another quote on my desk, too. It says, a complacency breeds contempt, right? So when people get used to you, they start – and, by the way, you froze up. Like, can you still hear me? I, yeah, I can hear you because we're also on a landline. But, but oh, uh, right, let's right, keep buddy. going, and I'm going to – I'll work on my yeah. end. Yeah, it looks like I'm still – my video is live on Facebook still, so let me just make sure I'm waving to the camera to make sure it's not a delay because there is a little delay. Um, and uh, But anyway, so so I'll keep talking for our call, and we'll keep talking for the recorded podcast. Yeah, but so my video is live so people could hear me. Um, so um, – so there, you know, there's a difference when, when there is this reverence and you have reverence for someone. And when complacency comes into play, 
Like people love your school. They love you. They're amazed by all the things that are, you know, going on and your lobby and your floor and the events and they do all these things and they're so into it and so excited and everything else. And then they get used to you and they start thinking like, hey, you know, it's not as big of a deal anymore because of the, you know, they get, they get used to you. And then what happens is then they start to judge you. And this also happens with, uh, with students who become higher rank, um, you know, and they become, you know, employees. And, you know, I've had many employees that have struggled that were students that became employees that struggled with the business concept. They had this illusion that there was no business going on um, behind the scenes that helped me run the martial arts school. Like they didn't, they didn't understand that, you know, yeah, we had to pay our bills. Yeah, we had to collect money. Yeah, we had to go after people who didn't pay. Yeah, we had to have bookkeepers and so on. Looks like our video says the live video will resume in a moment. It just did on my end and your end. So we're back live again, Dwayne. So, so the real thing is that when people get complacent, they start to judge and they, they know how to run the business and so on. Um, the one thing I can agree with this one coach I was listening to uh, doing his uh, Facebook thing yesterday was that, uh, you know, he said, listen, you have to run your business and you have to do what's right and what you think is right for your business. You can't run your business by consensus. You can't have people um, tell you how to run your business. And I had a really great dad the other day who I really enjoy him and his child in my school. He's not a student. The kid is. But he came to me and said, hey, can we talk? I have some ideas for you. And he just started giving me ideas on what he thought could help my school and help do things and so on. Most of them are what I've done in the past and they just really even didn't work or it wasn't something that I wanted to do. But I was really honored that he came to me with his business ideas, really great guy. But um, at the end of the day, I have to come up with some, you know, my own stuff. Good. Yeah. I was going to say, isn't that what we talked about uh, two weeks ago in, in our podcast? Whose game are you playing? I mean, yeah. You you got to play by your own rules, and you're in this for yourself type thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. And if you need, if you guys want to check that out too, the whose game that you're playing, whose game are you playing? You can go to schoolownertalk.com uh, forward slash one four five. That was our hundred forty fifth podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, hundred forty five. Crazy, right? That we've been. Well, doing this that is one forty seven. This this is one forty seven yeah. right now. Isn't that crazy? So, so I mean, what, what's is. amazing? Um, uh, so, so yeah. So anyway, there. Let's talk about something that probably is more intimate that people don't realize. And, I, and when I say this, let me clarify that um, first. So, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we're people, right? You know, I know people know that we're people, right? I know that they know that we're only human, right? So, so they either attach some sort of reverence to us because, hey, you know, you've heard it before. Oh, my God, I wish I had you if I was in a dark alley. You're this big seventh-degree black belt. Or, or, you know, like, yeah, I admit that sometimes I have way more knowledge than others in this specific field that I'm in um, because I've lived this life going to Japan and training in the martial arts and studying philosophy. And if a person doesn't do that, I have more knowledge than them. It doesn't make me egotistical or make me, you know, cocky. It just shows that I have expertise. As You know, it's almost like if you had an illness and you went to the doctor and you said to the doctor, hey, doc, I'm sick. And he said, okay, and he did the test. And he goes, well, you have uh, blah, blah, blah. And you wouldn't go, wow, what an ego. That guy thinks he knows what he's talking about. You'd go, okay, doc, thank you for the advice. You know, like, right, you wouldn't blame the doctor for being confident about diagnosing what's going on. Yet sometimes in our business, you know, we'll tell a parent, you know, the right decision is really not to take Johnny out. The smart decision is to keep him in. And they don't hear us all that well, right? You know, so they don't listen to us because 
there, there is that lack of mentorship mindset in our society today. However, what I was really getting at, too, was just important for us to understand that there, you know, there are these ups and downs in our business, and sometimes this could be quite lonely because it is. Not, always, not always is your staff on the same level where you could talk to them and go, hey, listen, business is really slow. I'm nervous about making payroll. You can't tell your staff that because they're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm losing my job. You know what I mean? This, there's a lot of things that you have to be real careful about. Well, and that's where I like this phrase that uh, uh, Professor Haffner or Grandmaster Haffner now uh, talked about before. Yeah. Is, uh, is he you about by the way, you, you you mention him a lot. We should have him on one of the calls. I don't know if he'd do it, but yeah, uh, I bet I, he would. I, I certainly, will, I certainly offer it. Um, but uh, he talks about managing disclosure. Yeah. And. You cannot be an open book for everybody. You have to right. manage what you disclose. And, by the way, there's different levels. So, of course, with your maybe your top dude or dudes or dudettes or whatever, right. you, would, you would manage a certain amount of disclosure to them. But so Because, like, the generals, the generals get as much information as you can give them. But then your, right. uh, you know, your sergeants only get a, this much and your privates only right. get this much. And your lieutenants get this much. And so right. the, the, the understanding is as an entrepreneur, you have to learn how to manage disclosure. And so you have to be the one that, that decides what is, what is the amount that I'm going to disclose to this level of um, student? Because don't we manage our disclosure to our students? We don't teach our white belts the black belt information. No. Right. We manage the disclosure to them. And that's right. the same principle that we have to do with our with our staff, and then even with our parents as well. We have to manage our disclosure. Right. Yeah. You know, you the know other what? thing is that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say yeah, that that's just such a great great thing. I mean, I, I, can I tell you? I don't lose your thought, but I have a quick story on that. One years ago, when I was going to raise my prices when I first started, from like forty five dollars a month to like eighty dollars a month, I gathered my top in students together and I said, "Hey, what do you think?" And after me presenting my case and all the reasons why it was good, they all raised their hand and said, we think it's a bad idea. So I went and I did it anyway. However, I realized now, of course, they didn't want me to raise my prices because they would have had to pay more money. And then my, their mindset was, I don't want to pay more money, so no one else is going to want to pay more money. And uh, if I would have listened to them, I would have screwed myself, right? So um, you have to be real careful with who you listen to and whose advice you take as well. Um, but at the, and that's what's bad about our industry, dude. I mean, everybody out there and, you know, they, there's a lot of young guys that have been great and they've gotten some success. And now all of a sudden, based on five years of being in the martial art business, they're telling everyone how to run their business. And unfortunately, martial artists are going, wow, he's got 400 students and they run to them and listen, but there is no longevity, you know, doing great for five years is easy, you know, but doing great for 10 years and 20 years is hard. Right. So well, okay. This, yeah, this isn't the topic, but let me chime in really quickly on that. Um, just because, okay, just because you are doing great doesn't mean that you can teach somebody else how to do great. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's just the way that it goes. Yeah. I will tell you that I hesitated for a long time when I had individuals uh, contact me about helping them. I right. hesitated for a long time helping individuals be, just just basically because of that. Because I found it in the beginning hard for me to articulate what I was doing, why I was doing it. Not not the what and the and the how. That yeah. was easy, but but the why 
for right. them to be able to pick it up mm-hmm. and then implement it was difficult for me in the beginning. Yeah. Um, now, since I've done it, and part of it was I, I just had not had to do that. You right. know what I'm saying? And so now doing it, it it's, it's not the problem that it was in the beginning. Um, anyways, what I was going to go back and say was the other uh, Professor Hafner quote uh, yeah. that, I, that I really lean on uh, is to, and this is hard, this is super hard, is to be immune to criticism. Right. As an entrepreneur, we have to be immune to criticism. Um, I purposefully do not get on Facebook or any other social media things and uh, the negative comments or quotes or whatever, um, I, I, I don't look at those. I don't view those. If there is a negative um, review, um, I have my uh, staff members who – I have a staff member who – uh, reviews and looks at those, and then um, you know we we make a plan accordingly. But I I don't need to unless they think that it's something I need to uh, address. I don't even know anything about it because personally yeah. for me my mental state and staying uh, it goes back to our call. Whose game are you playing? Staying in my game, and I don't want anything to pull me out of my game. And that's yeah. one way that I've had to build a wall for myself to be immune to criticism because I can, unfortunately, I know me, I can let that emotionally uh, take me off track. Well, dude, I need to take your advice on that because it's been really positive lately. I've had like so many parents, I don't know, maybe they see it in me, um, but they just feel like, hey, I just want to tell you that things are amazing, you know, and they've been pulling me off to the side and saying, you know, we love what you do. Like I'm hearing more of that. So maybe two things could be happening. Maybe they, maybe they see that I get annoyed at certain things, or maybe they see the positivity in the room and they tell us about it. Um, it, it really all depends on your frame of mind at the time. But I love what you're saying, though, is you cannot. Um, and in fact, I just did a Facebook Live on spirituality, and I had um, Greg uh, Silva, who is a UP guy, you know, he, he's like legendary in the martial art industry, was on my call and he said to me, you know, you're so positive. I love what you're talking about. He says, I could see why you're a success based on your passion and, and your attitude. Now, we all fall for it, though. People say negative things and they do negative things and we take it to heart and it could, it could color everything else we do, right? So I love what you're saying. That's, that's really powerful for the listeners to hear that, for me to hear it, for, for you to say it. it's very important. So, so yeah, the beauty of this call is that, you know, we do have these ups and downs. We're on this roller coaster ride of life, right, where, um, you know, as an owner, you, you, so you definitely, number one, need some peers that you could talk to, right? Some, so, or maybe not peers in the martial arts, but business owners that understand your plight, your grief, what you go through. Um, probably people at your level or above so that they could either they could either reminisce and talk with you about it, or they could mentor you and tell you where you could be going if you change your mindset, because they've gone from here to here. Taking that jump sometimes is a big deal, and sometimes people get to a level and they stay there, right? So, um, you know, and, and it really all depends on what your mindset is, right? So what do you think are a few other things that you would recommend? Well, yeah, and let me say this first. Um, I, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on our podcast. I know on one of our uh, – inside of our program, I know that we talked a little bit about this on one of our dirty laundry calls. Um, right. And our our dirty laundry – just so the listeners understand, our dirty laundry calls are where we get down to the nitty-gritty nitty, nitty gritty, um, 
And those calls were not quite as positive. We're, well, we're more real. And I'm not saying that we're giving you fake information, but we get into a little bit more detail. And, I, and I'll give you an overview of one of them that we did. Um, this was the one where we were, it was about three years into our, my business. Um, and I had a, a, um, an individual that was in the classes as an assistant instructor who ended up um, killing his girlfriend and his girlfriend's mom, holding actually four people hostage first. Yeah. And then um, letting two of them go and then killing the other two, and then he turned the gun on himself and killed himself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, I thought my business was going to end. You know, how do you overcome those type of things? That's like, that's, you talk about a roller coaster and being low, um, and, and that's where I had, obviously, okay, number one, um, you know, my mom was a key player in this because she used to be a social worker. So right. she said, you know, hey, look, this is what we need to do. I've got a name that we can get uh, into the, you know, into your school. You need to offer this opportunity for people if they want to take it. Um, have this person come in and speak. Yada yada yada. I had my insurance agent, who is a friend of mine. He said, look, we need to nip this in the bud. You need to. Uh, we need to dr- help me draft a letter. Uh, he said, when they when the parents are dropping off their kids, you need to be outside handing that letter to them and telling them if they have any questions to get a hold of you, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, and, and inside the letter, it also addressed um, not only the situation, but how you're going to handle it, how this was a surprise. You know, you're, you're, you, you know, you're just as surprised as I am. And of course I'm giving you the 25,000 foot view in our dirty laundry. Call, right. I go into a little bit more detail, obviously that I'm not going to do um, on a Facebook live post, but um, those are the roller coasters that we go through. Um, as 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 entrepreneurs, where you know we have once we like you talked about once you have staff you have you have different levels of opportunity you know call it problems or whatever you want to call it but now you have to you have to be able to talk to those individuals reprimand those individuals uh, unfortunately maybe things don't work out and you got to let them go um, and and we have it doubly hard right because if they're a student of ours to begin with and then they don't work out you're going to lose. You know, you lose the the student along with the with the employee yeah. in most cases, one hundred percent of the time. Whether it's yeah, whether it's you initiating uh, the loss or them initiating the loss, you right. do you lose that opportunity, and so it's doubly hard. So there's emotional things that go on with that. Parents, there's an emotional roller coaster with parents because, especially nowadays, right? These these. Uh, uh, let's, I don't want to say bully parents, but, but parents nowadays think that, that they have the right to go and, and tell the, uh, you know, soccer coach or football coach or whatever how to run XYZ or ABC. And so yeah. we have to make sure that we have things in place um, to not allow those things to happen, like a policy and procedures manual that specifically talks about, you know, there's no coaching from the side, be right. it for your kid and or – for the uh, the instructors, there's no bad mouth of the instructors. There's no yeah. It, it's just so many so many things that have to be spelled out nowadays that weren't yeah. before. Because well, it goes back to one of the calls that we even talked about before. Is you know, are you are you are you a martial artist or are you just doing martial arts? Right. And that's where that 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 paradigm shift has happened for us. And so we as as you know, martial arts entrepreneurs, we've had to come up with creative ways 
and, uh, to make sure that we deal with those things before they're even a problem. Uh, does, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, I dude, feel like I, I'm and, talking and, the whole time here. No, no, no. We're sharing equally. And, and what, what I wrote down was, you know, we, this brings back memories. We met, you and I, in well, we've met many times through billing and all this other stuff and conventions. But the first time we actually sat and chatted was you interviewed me for a show that you had going on, and we talked about rules. That was the first interview. We talked about business rules, because in my book, I discuss having rules for your business. Now, I don't mean, and you could have the rules for the students. You must wear your uniform. You must address your sensei a certain way. You must treat your, um, you know, your, uh, your peers X, Y, and Z. You must, you know, do this, this, and that. Um, those are student rules, but there are also business rules, right? Oh, you have my hardcover still. Wow, that's cool. Um, yep. I don't, those are those are out of print. Um, but uh, now we now we have a new cover, a soft cover, and I actually added to the newer edition of the book. But the rules were, you know, like what you just said. You know, how do you approach a parent that um, maybe took off? Like I just recently had someone say, "Hey, we took off for two months for the summer. Um, my child was blah blah blah, and he couldn't come. We were up for renewal, but we don't want to renew. We want to have those two months back." And I'm like. I don't normally give you credit. I, I was here. Um, I, it, I could give you some credit because I want to be nice, but you have to sign a new agreement before you get that credit anyway. Um, so I have rules in place for my business, rules for um, how I handle refunds, rules how I deal with promotions and how many, you know, there, you have to set standard rules for your business so that you're not always kind of flowing with the, with the feeling and emotion that you have at that moment in time. Because, you know, I have some parents that say, hey, listen, we're not going to renew for the year. We only want to do month to month. Well, sir, I'm sorry. We don't do month to month. Well, either it's month to month or nothing. I, I hate to say this. I don't want to lose you. I love your children. I love your family. Um, but that's not how I run my school. I, I know that, you, you know, your tuition is important to me, but it's not as important as me um, uh, bending my, my philosophies and my mindset and my company culture. Um, so I get it. If, you, if that's what you're going to hold over my head, then, then that's fine. Uh, so, but you have to have rules for your business that, that you stick to, standard rules. So you can even just show the customer and go, here, your rule, what you're asking is rule number four. We don't, we don't break that. And if it's on paper, you can much easily hold to it rather than always be in a contest, constant flux of what people you know, say. And by the way, you could change your rules along the way. If, you know, uh, things change, you know, the culture changes, you might have to adjust your rules. But um, don't just abandon your rules and your philosophies every time someone goes against them or even a group of people go against them. I had that recently where a bunch of my black belt parents, they had this niche. And, it was, and now I find out that it was, it, it was kind of um, brought on by another black belt student of mine who had who left my, my school and one of the program managers that worked for me. And, um, and yeah, they, they were kind of, you know, this whole group was getting together and complaining amongst each other and creating rifts. And it never was like, oh, my God, what a great guy Sheehan is. It's, oh, my God, I can't believe he made us do this for our belt, or I can't believe he made us do that to get our test. Like, really? This is my school. I, I'm in charge. You, you joined my school with my rules. You didn't join your school with your rules and hire me as a teacher. You signed up for this. No one forced you to, you know, so – it's odd, right? So this is, again, I hope everyone who's listening, this is part of having that martial art, you know, the, the roller coaster mindset of what we go through. Yeah, well, I, I, last I'll take night, a breath on that. I, I stayed up late last night, too late, because um, 
I was winding down from the day, but uh, Karate Kid was on, the original oh, yeah? Karate Kid. And I can't Great. tell you the last time I watched that. And I go, man, <sighs> Mr. Miyagi, it needs to go back to that day when, yep. when you, you know, he, he said, no, I, you made the deal. There's no questions. Right. You said you would, you would do what I said and how I yep. said it. There's no questions. Now do it. And then he walks yep. away. And I'm like, yes! You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what it used to be like. Um, yeah. But anyways, you know, and I don't, I don't expect and nor do I want, uh, and you might disagree with this, and, and this is a little bit off topic, but I had a parent that we just sat down and talked to because I was interviewing their child for our leadership program. And he mm-hmm. asked me in the beginning, uh, he goes, you know, he goes, what do you want to be addressed as? Um, and uh, I go, well, what do you mean? He says, well, your title is, you know, Professor Brummett. I said, do you prefer? He goes, do you prefer that? Do you want, you know, Mr. Brummett? Like, what do you prefer? I said, here's the deal. I said, you know, when my title at the time was Master Brummett, I said I had a problem with that. Yeah. Um, I know it's a martial art thing, but um, because because I run a Christian martial arts school, I have I have a, a different area of individuals, a different sect of individuals that sometimes don't like the word master. Yeah. Right? And so I just said, call me Mr. Brummett. Now that my title's changed, you know, it's Professor Brummett. I, don't get me wrong. Do I like the sound of that? Certainly. But I want to still stay consistent. And I said, you know, just call me Mr. Brummett. He says, why? Well, you know, I want to just, I want to be respectful of, 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 you know, what your title is. And yeah. I'm like, you know, man, um, I need more parents like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just said, just call me Mr. Brummett. But, um, I, I said, like, I need more parents like that. That's back to the day where. Well, you know, well, here, here, here's the thing, and you, you may say I might disagree, and, and I do disagree only with the fact that for me, my traditions in the martial arts are the way I was brought up was much different. And by the way, there is a really phenomenal book called Living the Martial Way by Forrest T., I believe, Forrest T. Morgan. Um, I've read the book five or six times. I'm due to read it again. Um, each time I've read it, I've learned and listened in a different way. But like from when I was brought up and I trained in Japan and even before that, um, you know, there, there's a bunch of things you never do. Like you never, ever call your sensei by their first name. And once they're your sensei, they're your sensei. Sensei forever. Even if you quit 20 years down the road, if you still have respect for them, you say sensei. If you don't respect them any longer, it's very clear by just going, hey, Dwayne, what's up? You know, and going like, oh, Dwayne. Like my, I've had black belts that have quit that wanted to show me disrespect, they go, hey, Allie. And I go, okay, I understand where we're standing now, right? So I knew right away. Um, so um, you never touch your instructor, pat them on the back. You know, um, you, you really shouldn't shake their hand, but it's our culture. They'll shake your hands, but you don't pat them, you know, those kind of things. They're, you carry their bags. There's so many things that we do uh, that we should be doing for our, you know, for our pastors, for our teachers, for our instructors, our sensei. And um, that part, that reverence is missing in our culture today because everyone thinks that they're your equal. And, right. and let me add one thing to that. I have a good friend. He would say to me, um, yeah, that guy's a good martial artist, but can he fight? And, and, and we'd always go, he can't really fight in real life, but he's a great technician. And then I'd always say, you know, my, what Mike Tyson said, all rules are good until you get punched in the face, right? So if everyone knew, like back in the day, uh, a samurai or a cowboy had a six-shooter or a sword – there's a chance that if you insulted that samurai, you could get your arm cut off or you could get shot to death. Now people don't have a healthy fear and respect. 
So everyone's got an attitude. That's why all these keyboard warriors are behind there and they're talking crap behind keyboard the keyboard. Keyboard warriors. Yeah, right? And, you know, and exactly before they – if they looked you in the eyes, even parents, and they were sitting behind the desk with you, they'd treat you differently than they would if they were writing a letter or typing on a keyboard, right? So, so it's a different culture. So, again, we deal with this as, as um, martial artists all the time as owners, yeah, and Ryan, I, I, I don't know when you got onto the, the call, but I did reference this book. I'm glad that you brought it up. I just put it on the screen for everybody. But, uh, yeah, Darren Hardy wrote a, a book called The uh, Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster. I just downloaded it just so I could listen to it um, yesterday. So I just, I actually just uh, uh, started it yesterday. I'm only about an hour into it. But, yeah, it seems to be like a, a really good book. I haven't got all the way into it. So I would encourage people to do that. Um, I will also say this. As an entrepreneur, it would be, I think, important to read um, books about uh, other individuals that have become successful. So, like, yeah. for instance, I, and I brought this up in our call before, or calls before, but uh, Phil Knight's Shoe Dog. Um, I'm, re I'm reading it right now. Isn't I'm reading that a phenomenal the book? book? Dude, at first, let me just say this. At the first chapter, I, like, I, I don't love writers that do not leave anything for imagination, right? So this guy would literally tell you, like, you, you know, it's a beautiful day out, it's sunny. You know, he was like, it's a beautiful day out, it's sunny, and the dew is the color of yellow. And, like, uh, at first I was ready to put the book down, and then, like, after, like, the first chapter, it, I can't put it down. It's amazing. Like, it literally tells every step of his journey and struggles along the way. And I'm only, like, 700 pages into the book, and... um it is phenomenal about how this guy just built and built and never stopped. And what a great book. So thank you. I'm on it. I'm bringing it with me on the plane in a little while to leave to Florida. I'm going to read it on the plane. Just amazing. So thanks for the recommendation. It was great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Now you mean, you said 700, you mean like 70 pages, not 700. No, well I am on my iPad. So, so oh, whatever, oh, like, so you. I'm okay. like, you know, the page structure changes on an iPad cause I have my font yes, big. Yeah. So I'm not sure gotcha. how big the book is in, in pages on a regular paperback. So, but I'm like, I think it's 1,700 pages on my iPad. Um, so that's what it was. And I'm like 700 pages in. So I'm like almost halfway through the book. Yeah, I just, you know, the, the, the number one thing it, it, with those books is when they actually speak about the individual's um, feelings and thoughts and emotions that, that, that they were going through. You know, the beautiful thing, one of the beautiful things that I got out of that book specifically was to go, oh, my gosh, this guy is a probably a, a, a you know, multimillionaire, if not a billionaire. I don't yeah. know, you know what, he, what he's worth, but uh, the Nike brand is worth that much, at least. Yeah. But the, 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 the idea is that, man, he, he struggled making payroll. He struggled right. you know, with employees. He, I, there was just so many things that paralleled into my life and into my situations uh, in the past, in in, yeah. in, the, in the present, but I'm sure maybe even in the future. Um, so, it, it, you know, and, and what, obviously what's nice about a book like that is it doesn't allow you to commiserate with somebody. Uh, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> yes. they can't talk back to you and go, oh, yeah, man, you know, I hate this too, and blah, 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 blah. So if you do decide to do, um, like we talked about before, mastermind groups or, or just going to breakfast and stuff with friends or whatever it is yeah. that, that – 
you know, feel your pain, make sure that you're not commiserating together. You do hear each other out, but that you're helping to solve each other's problems. You want to be a group yeah, of and, and I, solvers, not a group and, of complainers. Well, and you know what? Sometimes, though, I do, you know, like my, my good buddy, and just this morning, is three of us, we run this tournament circuit, we get together, and we're like, you know, we're like, I can't believe this parent said that, or I can't believe this happened, you know, and you need to do that because you all, and you know, what did you do? And what, you know, but at the same time, we have to look at solutions. And today, we're looking at solutions. We're going like, Hey, in New York City um, or New York State, and I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this, but I'm getting tons of trials through the door. A lot of people coming through. My marketing works, my process works, everything, but we're not getting as many signups as I would two or three years ago. So I would be at like a 60 to 70% signup ratio right now. We're at like a 30 to 40%, and I'm doing them myself, some of them. Um, and I'm still, I myself, of leaving, having struggles getting people to commit. So um, I don't know if it's our in- industry. I don't know if it's our, our in New York, the culture. Um, we are like in a, every other corner. I have a martial arts school. So people, I used to be the only guy in town. And I could go, okay, we'll go, you know, go somewhere else. But now I have so many other people and they're all, you know, prices different and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that it's important for us to have people that we talk to and that we could find that we want to mentor with too. Like maybe find, like you hanging around those big boys, right? You know, like, you know, talking to the guys who have done more. Like I used to be in a group uh, that I paid every month for, and it was a group of peers. And we would, you know, I I never felt like I got anything out of it because I thought that they listened to me more than I listened to them. And I wanted to know, like, what do I do to go here? I don't want to know what we do to stay here. I want to know what it takes to get here, you know, that kind of thing. So you're lucky. The mentorship group is somebody that's more successful, that's better than you, or, you know, done what you want to do, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, we've, I, I just want everybody to know that, uh, number one, you're not alone. We all go through this entrepreneurial roller coaster together. Um, uh, and by the way, I do want to say that uh, I, by no means was were we trying to steal uh, Darren Hardy's book title because we had actually talked about it, and then I looked it up. Uh, like a couple of days later just to see if there were any books that were titled that. Yeah. So I apologize in advance for that. That's um, okay. I know. It's not, it's not, it's not a copywritten term, you know, but at the same time, it's cool that we, you came up with it and then all of a sudden there's a book written about it. So I love that you, you know, you, uh, you said it, it's just part of what we go through. Right. So I can't wait. I'm going to read the book too now by Darren Hardy. So I, I think, you know, some of those things that we spoke about before, Number one, knowing that we're not alone, knowing that we can't be everybody's friend, um, that we need to be immune to criticism. You know, uh, those type of things, I think, are um, are vitally important. And getting together with individuals that will listen and understand the situation we're going through, maybe even give us um, their opinion on how to get out of that situation because you want positive individuals to uh, um you know, that group of problem solvers to help you through those those type of things. And then right. sometimes you got to get creative. I remember, you know, back in 2008 when the stock market hit and, um, you know, the crash and all the other stuff, the economy, I mean, uh, went down. Um, you know, one of my friends that we, at the time, you know, we spoke, um, it was uh, uh, Dion Ricardo, him and I spoke a lot together yeah. at that time. Um, you know, I was talking with him about, man, I'm having trouble, you know, making ends meet. You know, right. and he, he says, well, why don't you go and talk to your landlord and, and renegotiate your rent? Yeah. Never even, never even crossed my mind. Right. I just thought I signed a lease. I'm obligated for this, you know, and he's like, 
dude, everybody's pulling out, everybody's closing, you know, all the economy, yada, yada, yada. You're, you've already been there X number of years. Go and talk to him. So I went and talked to him. My landlord helped me out. And that was, that was one of the best uh, piece of advices that I, that I got. Um, yeah. I'm not saying we would have closed our doors. I just don't know what I would have done. I probably would have accumulated some debt throughout that year because, or those years, you know, four right. or five years, whatever it was. Yeah. I probably would have put things on credit card just to. Yeah, hey, dude. You know, and you know what's make. interesting, though? This is what's good about having somebody who's been there before, a coach, a mentor, uh, you know, uh, you know, somebody ahead of you because you and I might sit in this little pity party. I'm not saying we do, but I mean, again, and we have, you know, and, and I have, you know, where I'm in my pity party, like, oh my God, life sucks. Things are tough. What do I do? I'm going to cut back on, and you live from scarcity rather than abundance, because of course, you know, save here, save there, do this, do that, just save, save, save them, you know, to store the, your nuts away for the winter, so to speak, right? You know, like a squirrel. Um, and anyway, but uh, you might go to somebody like you and go listen, and then you would say, hey, when I was here, my friend told me, go negotiate with your landlord. And you go, and you could negotiate $300 a month off your lease. That's $3,600 a year. That's a lot of money. That could go into a college fund for your kid or pay down another credit card or go into marketing and advertising. Um, and there's a million ways you and I could come up with ideas. So like when I have people that say to me, I can't coach anymore, I can't afford it, I'm, you can't afford not to coach. You need to be coaching with us so that we could help you come up with all these money-making opportunities, come up with all these retention tools, come up with all this stuff that's going to make your business better, right? And and that's super important, and that's that's the truth of how you do it. Yep. And and I like what Ryan posted here on the on on the Facebook Live here. He says, you know, the validation for masterminding has helped me because we tend to live on an island. You know, that's true. He put that in quotes, live on an island. You know, so talking with other business owners let us know that we share similar problems and, and seeing how uh, they go through it as well. So, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's one of the best things that um, we could ever do to do for ourselves is to have some sort of group or groups that we're involved with. You know, uh, some 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 paid, some free, whatever it is. Uh, I I personally like the the like the the group or group the like the group that I'm in right now. I love our relationship that we have, you know, on the camera, off the camera, because there's things that we talk about off the camera as yeah. well, uh, or podcast or whatever. But then, you know, having also uh, particular one-on-one -on -one mentors for my business specifically. So, yeah. um, you know, having a martial arts school mentor who is higher than me type thing was nice when I needed that, when I needed to learn more about Internet marketing um, and how I can use it in my business. Uh, were there martial arts school owners uh, or coaches out there that did that? Certainly. But I wanted to um, learn from the actual Internet marketers. You know, right. so I paid a coach to one-on-one to -on -one with me on certain aspects with yeah. Google and Facebook and Yahoo and Bing and all those type of things so that I could yeah. really learn how to, how to do that yeah. Um, twofold. One, I wanted to learn how to do it for my business, but I, then I also wanted to be able to let other school owners know how to do it as well, uh, maybe so they wouldn't have to pay as much money as I did in order to learn those yeah. things, if that makes sense. But Because yeah. um, it's hard. It's tough. It's tough because we, we as school owners, you know, we're juggling the floor. We have these students on the floor that we're trying to get through to the next belt level. We have the parents that we're having to make sure that they're they're happy. We have staff and make sure that they're functioning correctly and that they're happy. Right. We have our vendors 
that we have to make sure that they're functioning well yeah. and, and that they're happy and paid. Uh, there's just so many balls that we're juggling uh, on a, uh, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year basis that uh, it gets to be overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, dude, and that that's the thing is like a lot of times, you know, we've talked about this numerous times, is that, you know, you you can't do it all yourself if you're going to do it 100% fully and grow, right? But you could do it all yourself if you're a little mom and pop. Listen, if you're a deli and you only make X amount of sandwiches a day, you can make them all. But if you have long lines out the door and around the corner, there's going to be a certain portion of the people that will never get to you and they're going to be mad at you and then they're going to talk negatively about you and so on. So it really all depends on the type of business culture and business that you run. If you want to run a large school and, and do all the things that, you know, you need to do to run that school, it takes more more than one person. So um, it isn't easy. I've had many martial art coaches that I've gotten annoyed at where they look at the martial art business and they say, this is the easiest business in the world. It's not rocket science. Well, bull, baloney. It would be much easier to run a coffee shop or a delicatessen than it would be to run a martial arts school because you're not, you know, the, once you tie in emotion, promotion, right, people going from belt level to belt level, et cetera, et cetera, it becomes an issue. Um, and there's a lot of dynamics. You're dealing with the parent. You're dealing with the child. You're dealing with the, this and that and so on. There's so many personalities running throughout your school that you have to deal with. So it's, it is a tough business. But um, anyway, so I, I'm I'm ready to go with you and, clo- you know, uh, we could close up if you have any last thoughts. And, and uh, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm jumping on a plane going to Florida down in my dojo down there that we're just opening. I'm going to do some finishing touches on the school with uh, my partner down there, Lewis. Um, and Long Island Indian Jitsu Center is a Boynton Beach, which is exciting. I have a home down there in Florida, so it will drive me down there a little bit more. And um, I'm excited to do that. So I'll be jumping on the plane with my, my girlfriend today and going down there for four or five days. Hey, on, so. yeah, why don't you uh, why don't you maybe document uh, some things that are happening and you're doing down there, and, and maybe we can talk a little bit about that on the next podcast too, just Absolutely. so that individuals can uh, – get a little bit of that maybe we can also have him um you know and i know i'm putting you on the spot here but maybe we can also have him on the on the podcast as well 